0: So earlier on, Joan read from John chapter 20 and she read about the discovery of the open tomb that morning. We're going to carry on with the rest of that chapter now because the thing I always find fascinating and reassuring about the Easter story as well as the discovery of the open tomb and the reaction of of those that that discovered it and the excitement and and confusion that it triggered, is the accounts of the actual appearances of the risen Christ to his followers. The accounts of their reaction and the accounts of what Jesus said that really stick with me. So, John chapter 20, verse 19, we read about the first time Jesus appears to his disciples. John chapter 20, starting at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also called Didymus, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out and put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed we can learn so much and be so reassured from that account of the disciples reaction to the risen Christ I've always been very conscious of the fact that I was named after the doubter, Thomas and to be honest I can identify with him I am in some ways, an eternal pessimist. I never expect my sports team to win until I see them lift the trophy, until I've heard the final whistle. I always fear the worst. I never think that what I've done is quite up to scratch. I find it difficult to believe in the miraculous. Before I became a Christian, I was one of the cynics who would listen to Christians saying, we prayed for this person to be healed and they were healed. And I'd think, oh come on. They were taking medication, they'd had, had advice, they'd changed their diet or, or whatever, whatever had been done. That's what healed them. Don't kid yourself and think that having a chat into an empty room to a God that isn't there made any difference at all. You're ridiculous. That was the stance that I took and so... I've always thought that actually my mum and dad got it right when they named me Thomas. But do you know what? I'm really pleased they gave me that name. Because Thomas was the disciple who didn't believe. He refused to believe. He refused to to get carried away on a wave of emotion at a time when emotions must have been rife, right, they must have been, been out of control. There was grief, there was anger, there was fear, there was confusion, there was just this, this complete amazement around everything that has happened as people try to think back through the life and the teaching of Jesus and, and look at the scriptures and say, well, he fulfilled so much. We were so convinced we finally got to the point where we accepted that he was the Christ, the one that was going to lead Israel. And now he's dead. How can that possibly be? And Thomas kept his feet on the ground. Now who's to say what the other disciples would have, would have said maybe if, if one of them had nicked out to get the bread and milk that day and hadn't been in the locked room. Maybe they too would have doubted and questioned the appearance of the risen Christ. But Thomas was the one who wasn't there. I love the fact that John in his Gospel makes a point of saying the disciples were in a room with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. They were terrified of what was going to happen. They'd seen the Jews and the Romans together crucify Jesus. Before Jesus was died, as we remembered on, on Maundy Thursday, Peter was asked, Aren't you one of Jesus' followers? There was suspicion, there was, there was all these conspiracies. No one was quite sure what was going to happen to those who followed Jesus. And so the disciples understandably locked themselves, they barricaded themselves in this room because they were scared of what was going to happen. They were scared that by following Jesus, by what they'd done in their past, was going to have repercussions. Some of them might have felt a bit foolish for what they'd done. They had had the heartbreak of seeing the man who they thought was their saviour broken on that cross. Now, I've been picked up before when I've I've, um, led a communion service and I've described, um, when I've broken the bread and I've said... um, this is the body of Jesus, broken for us. And someone said to me, it wasn't actually broken, his bones weren't broken, that was, a, that was a prophecy, we have to be careful of the language we use and they were absolutely right. Theologically, yeah, absolutely right. But I still use that word because although the bones weren't broken, the body was well and truly broken. There can be no doubt whatsoever that on that cross, Jesus died. We've had toys at home where no matter how many new batteries you put in, they simply don't work anymore. The toy itself looks fine. It's not broken, as in smashed to pieces, but it doesn't work. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And therefore, it's certainly not fixed. It's broken. Jesus was broken. And as the disciples gather in this room, suddenly, he just appears. There is no locked door that can hold him back. He walks in. How must they have felt? I've got a demonstration here which I would like some help with. It's not the most exciting of demonstrations. Many of you will know what's going to happen before you even see it. But what I'd like, if one or two... Would mind coming Emily. up? Yeah, George, Tim, Emily, you're welcome to if you want to, but don't, you don't have to. Any adults who want to come are welcome to. So, what we've got here? An egg. An egg. One egg. And we've got a jug. A jug so what I'd like you to do is just (coughs) so what I'd like you to do is just take the egg and tell me what you can do with that egg you can smash it it. you can smash it Okay, you can, you, can, you can fry it, you can poach it, you can boil it, yep, you can scramble it. Some people even drink them raw, which... Yeah? Are there any other ways we can use eggs? Make cakes. Make cakes, trust you. Yep. But you see, the first answer that was given in unison by the vouchers... Was what can you do with that egg? Smash it. <laughs> and they're absolutely right. Because <coughs> would any of you like to take a bite out of that? Even if it'd been boiled and it wasn't all all yucky inside, all all um, uncooked inside, would you take a bite just like that? No, of course you wouldn't. It'd be horrible. An egg has to be broken in order for its goodness to be shown. So, what I'd like to do now, we have here a whisker. Oh, no, a whisk, not a whisker. It's like all right. <laughs> had a shave this morning. So, who would like to crack this egg open? Someone crack it open. Into the jug. Yeah, yeah, into the jug, not, not just on the table. Excellent. That was very delicately done for someone who was so passionate about smashing it. That's, that's great. And then if someone could start whisking. Now, many of you will know where I'm going with this. You can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. I had a conversation last night before bedtime with Timothy, and we were speaking about Easter, and I said, why did Jesus have to die? And he said, because God needed him to. Now, obviously, when that answer comes from from a a four-year-old child, it lacks the theological depth that I'm now going to attach to it he's absolutely right. It was necessary for Jesus to be broken. Because Jesus had spent his whole life fulfilling prophecies. And yet some people would point to that and say, well, that's a coincidence. Some of that is just, it's just a rare, a freak of nature. Jesus had spent his whole life teaching, claiming his authority through God. And yet if he just died on the cross, or if he just lived into old age and died... We wouldn't remember him now. He might be a footnote in history, but chances are people would have said, well, clearly he wasn't the Son of God because he just died. The cross was necessary. The resurrection was necessary because through that, Jesus is revealed as the Son of God. No one else could have come back to life. No one else could have defeated death. Jesus had to be broken in order for his goodness to be revealed. Now in here, we have the broken egg that's then been whisked up and it's all ready to make an omelette or anything else you might like to do with it. You see, the egg had to be broken. The shell had to be cracked in order to get the goodness out from the inside stay there just a couple of minutes and then I've got something else you see this is the thing about Easter this is the thing on Easter Sunday that we must not miss that we must not gloss over every single one of us in here in some way is broken is damaged is hurt Some of us may be broken, have broken relationships, have broken careers, have broken families, have broken childhoods. Some of us might be psychologically broken. Some of us might be emotionally broken. Some of us might be financially broken. Some of us might wake up in the morning and feel that they cannot be fixed that the damage that's been done to them, the mistakes they've made in life, the experiences they've been through are simply too much to bear. They're beyond beyond hope, beyond help. Because of the cross, we can say they are never, ever beyond help. No matter what damage we have, Jesus looks at us and he says, look at the cross. Because I was broken for mankind, mankind is no longer broken. Because of Jesus being broken on the cross, we are fixed forever. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father, our route to salvation is fixed, securely, permanently, absolutely. If we wake up in the morning feeling that the weight of our past is, is, is too heavy for us to bear and it's stopping us, from progressing into our future. We need to remember the cross. We need to remember that because of the cross, we can say we are not defined by our past. The message of the Gospel is that we are not defined by our past. Instead, we are assured of our future. Jesus gives us that option through the cross. Jesus was... was, was crucified for you and for me. Easter Sunday is the day when Christianity becomes personal. It is the day when we can have an intimate relationship with our God. Without Easter Sunday, we could worship corporately, but that personal element would be missing. Jesus taught us many, many things as he went through his life before he was crucified on the cross. And one of the things that he said, he pointed to himself and he said, I am the light of the world. Now in here, I didn't know how many people would have today, so I ordered 40. Might have over-egged it slightly, but, but no, do you know what? What are they, George? Glow sticks. glow sticks. Yes. And I ordered a nice lot of these because I thought, actually, do you know what? Easter Sunday is not just—it's not just for our young people. It's for everybody. Now, the glow stick, like any example, eventually it falls down. Eventually, it's not quite good enough to do justice to the message of Easter. But bear with me. We can all see that. Just like in this country, the length and breadth, anybody can drive through a high street in a town or a village and see a church. And they can admire it and say, God, look at the architecture, isn't that beautiful? I wonder what the history is of that place. You can tell it's Norman or you can tell it's, it's more recent, you can tell it's Victorian it might be what a lovely modern glass and steel cross swish looking church. That looks fantastic. Everyone can see the potential. And yet so many people look at it and say, Yeah, that looks that looks great. God. And then walk away and do nothing with it. Other people might read the packaging. Might say, yeah, yeah, glow stick, it's safe, that's always good. Non-toxic, I did check. Non-flammable, just in case. (coughs) With lanyard. Oh, different colours. Yeah, it's good. I like it. But you see, to get the full goodness out of a glow stick, to actually release its potential, to realise the point of it, of course, you have to pick one up. You have to break open the, the wrapper. Because, you see, the wrapper isn't the important thing. Our bodies are not the important thing. We should look after them, of course. They are temples of the Holy Spirit. From that point of view, spiritually, they are important. But we shouldn't spend too much time and effort trying to stay young and trying to be something we're not. We need to accept that we will grow old, even you lot. We'll grow old. One day the bodies will give up but the spirit won't. What is inside won't. You see, as Jesus hung on that cross, when he pointed to himself and said, I am the light of the world, he had to be broken. It's not going to glow well now, is it? He had to be broken. He had to be snapped. He had to be shaken up. Call it what you will. But for Jesus' light to shine... He had to be broken. And on Easter Sunday, we look and we say, yeah, his he body he was broken. There were still the scars there. Thomas still put his hands, his fingers through the holes in Jesus' hands. He still touched the wound in the side. The scars were there. The evidence of the pain and the suffering were there. That wasn't lost. But Jesus walked into that room through those locked doors. There were no barriers, despite the fear of the, of the disciples in that room despite the fear that caused them to barricade themselves in, to lock themselves away, to hide themselves, Jesus wasn't held back by the fear. He he couldn't be shut out. He couldn't be shut away. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. For any of us this morning, Jesus stands at the door and he knocks and he wants his light to shine. But of course, when someone knocks at the door, we've got two options. We can turn off the lights. We can shut the curtains. We can crouch down and hide. Because it might be the (laughs) mother-in-law. Or, we can walk up to the door. We can throw it open. And we can say, please, come in. So this Easter Sunday, if you haven't accepted Christ into your life, if you feel too broken, if you don't feel worthy, if you feel a bit second rate, let me tell you, you are not. God made you out of love. God made you to be perfect and he wants to come into your life. He wants you to reflect his light. He wants you to reflect his light and his glory across the whole world. He can use every single one of us He wants to use every single one of us. He wants that relationship. And so this Easter Sunday, if you haven't made a decision, I urge you, please, accept the invitation. Open that door. Meet Jesus. If you'd like to know more about that, then speak to me afterwards. Speak to, we've got Reverend Ian Moore over there. We've got our our leaders, our our leadership team who would love to speak to you, speak to Christian friends, come along to the baptismal service tonight at Perry Street where people who have made that decision will be baptised, making a public declaration of their faith in God. Now, I've got about 38 light sticks left because I did experiment with one last night to make sure it wasn't a dodgy batch. If you would like to take one, even if you're not going to snap it at home, then please take one and pass it on to someone with the message that Jesus died for them because Jesus loves them. If you would like to take one and snap it at home, I'm not going to be asking questions, don't worry, but in a darkened room tonight, snap it, hang it up and remember, Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. No matter how dark you might feel in life at some times, Jesus is the light of the world. So, whatever colour glow stick you like, take. And then after the service, if you could just offer these round. And hopefully there won't be too many left. Thank Mm -hmm. you. When Jesus walked in to the room where the disciples were gathered the first thing he said to them peace be with you. And so to close this morning peace be with you too. Let's pray.